Hello, Word Nerds. Welcome to another special episode of The Dictionary. As you saw in the title, it is special because I have a guest today. My guest is Carrie Weeder. She is an actress out in L.A. Uh, She was actually interviewed on my wife's podcast, which I've mentioned a couple times, Horse Talk Horror, because she was just in a brand new horror podcast called In Another Room, which I actually just finished listening to yesterday. So, Carrie, how you doing? I'm doing great, and I have to tell you, the Horse Talk Horror duo made me an honorary whore yesterday. Oh, absolutely. They sent me an email, and I was over the moon. So that I got to add that on my resume, that I am an honorary whore. <laughs> once, uh, once the show is an IMDb, you can make it official. Uh, you kind of made yourself an honorary whore because you went ahead and made yourself a whole little jingle for um, one of the types of episodes that we do over over here, um, so at, which we of course fell in love with immediately after we heard it, the tidbits <laughs> of terror. So uh, yes, tidbits you- of terror. And so apparently, according to you, because I wasn't sure that I ripped this off from from one of the horrors, they were they were calling it hodgepodge of horror when they were just yeah. talking about various horror stories, and then. I said, I don't know if I stole this from you, but I like the name Tidbits of Terror and they loved it. And you were the one who said I made that up because I wasn't sure. I didn't go back and listen to the episode. No, no. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. I misheard you. But yes, you you did make that up. None of us had, uh, had claimed that. So that was all you. I'm so proud of myself. And then I wrote and I said, you know, I'm going to write you a jingle. I'd never written a jingle before, but I have written a few songs and I love to be silly and record and play music and do whatever. And so I went in the closet and I recorded a couple of vocal tracks and I got a, a lid from a pot and a wooden spoon to do the percussion. And yeah, and I, I just said, it's going to be simple and it's going to be weird. And I think I really lived up to that. You 100% nailed it. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it is short and weird and hilarious and oh, uh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm getting more humorous reaction. I was like, wait a minute, I'm trying to be scary, but I think that it kind of is a little scary. But yeah, it does have a Muppets flavor to it. And, you know. But there's definitely some scary elements in there. Good. Oh, bless you. Bless you for saying that. Now we're going to talk about words today. I can't wait. Yes. I'm a word lover. I'm a word lover. That's awesome. And I wanted to say also to uh, any of you who are non-patrons of my Patreon, which is everybody except one guy. Uh, What's his um, name? Do you know? Can you say it? Christoph. Christoph is his name. With a K? No, with a C. Okay. It's like Christopher, but oh. without the er. Oh. And uh, so I am very grateful to him. And uh, he is going to get um, a Patreon exclusive with Carrie. We're going to record that after we record this one. Uh, he's got another one just a few days ago. Uh, so if anybody is interested in uh, hearing some of these exclusives, they can uh, go over to Patreon and, you know, they got to make sure that they, they join at the right tier. Uh, but if they join at a lower tier, they still get episodes super early, one, one week, two weeks, three weeks early. Wow. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I always try and stay pretty far ahead. Wow. And is do we know, is Christoph American? Is he German? What do we know? You know, about? I don't know. Oh, I'm That's curious. the beauty of, of the internet and this, this whole thing is that people can be anywhere. It's amazing. From all around the world. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to Christoph. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk about words. All right. Our first word is breast drill. Uh, before looking at the definition, I can 
I think, safely say, I have never heard of this before. Um, It's just two words spelled the normal way, breast and drill. This is a noun from 1857. A portable drill with a plate that is pressed by the breast, enforcing the drill against the work. So if um, I I guess it has a a special plate on it, but it sounds like this is something that... um, when you're drilling into something that's very, very tough, you need that extra body weight behind it to to get it through the wall or whatever it is. Have you? Are, do you have any experience with a breast drill? I do not. I would have to say that now that drills are, are they like pneumatic or electrical? That this, right. I'm hoping you don't need this anymore. Yeah. It sounds very dangerous to me when you're putting <laughs> your body weight on something that has a sharp object on the end. Yeah. I'm just going to say no to getting a breast drill. I, I don't, it just sounds dangerous. Yeah, I can't imagine these exist anymore. I do remember when I was a kid, I don't know why, but my dad had some very old hand-cranked drill. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was even the kind where you, instead of cranking it like, um, I guess, vertically, you'd crank it horizontally, like the middle part sort of jutted out to the side and you'd crank it that way. So this was obviously before you know, portable drills had electricity. That kind, yeah. Yeah. Which make great sound. Absolutely. Except when it's at at the dentist's office. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I digress. Yeah, so breast drill, never heard of it. Don't want to ever use one, Um, but it's a thing apparently, and thank you for teaching me about it. Thank you to the book for teaching both of us. So our next one is breast feed, two words with a hyphen, This is a a verb from 1903, to feed a baby from a mother's breast. And oh, that was the transitive uh, definition. And then the intransitive definition is to breastfeed a baby. Obviously, this has been in, I don't want to say the news, but it's it's been in our discussion for the last probably 10, 20 years at least, um, talk, people people complaining that there are women publicly breastfeeding, um, which is absolutely ridiculous. They should have no problems. It's still considered scandalous. It's the most natural thing in the world. Absolutely. I actually just saw a picture yesterday online of uh, a woman breastfeeding her baby with a, um, uh, a, a cover of some kind over her head and you know, I don't. I, it could have been a staged photo, but somebody said uh, they told her to cover up, and so she put a cover cover over her own head and not the baby. <laughs> I love it. I want to say something. Now, I l- was looking at the words you sent me yesterday, and the hyphen didn't sit right with me, and so mm. I I googled it, and it is no longer hyphened. It's one Interesting. word. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's considered one word from my very brief research. I just hmm. put, I was like, that, I don't remember. I don't recall the hyphen. So I googled it and saw that it was it was cited. Just I only I didn't do a deep dive, but in the first page of citations, it was one word, compound word, breastfeed. That's really interesting. Um, I yeah, I mean, this book is only like six years old. But uh, I guess it it hopefully is updated in the new version. Uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like there should be a hyphen. That seems odd. Yeah. Hmm. So I just want to tell you that. But yeah, let's just say thumbs up to breastfeeding. It's natural. You should be able to do it where you want. And it's the corporations that had people thinking it was bad because they wanted to sell their formula. I'm just saying that. Yeah. I do love seeing those knitted hats that that people have made for babies that look like an exposed breast. Have you seen those? (laughs) No. (laughs) 
You, sh- you should look those up. They're pretty funny. Oh, boy. That's funny. All right. We are going to move on to breastplate. This is all one word noun from the 14th century. We have uh, three definitions for this one. Number one, a usually metal plate worn as a defensive armor for the breast. And then it tells us to see the armor illustration, which I described in much detail way back in the A's. And then number two, a vestment which, which worn... Sorry, with you described it in the A's with what word? Uh, the word armor. Oh, armor. Got it. So back in the A's, yeah, at the word armor, they had a, a whole illustration that had probably like... 10 or 15 uh, descriptions or, or the words, the names of the, all the pieces of the armor. Different parts. Got it. Got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Continue. No, no, that's fine. Uh, so number two, a vestment worn in ancient times by a Jewish high priest and set with 12 gems bearing the names of the tribes of Israel. Uh, I am half Jewish and I do not know the names of the tribes because I was not really raised uh, religious whatsoever. Um, Do you happen to know what those are? I do not. But I saw something this morning because I woke up thinking about this word breastplate and it said something about it. Not only the 12 jewels, not only represent the 12 tribes when they sparkle. uh, I should have written this down. Something like when the (laughs) gems sparkle, it represents the light of God shining through. So that's a great justification to have any kind of sparkly jewelry. You just, you know, honey, I want to get this bracelet because I want to represent the sparkle of God shining through. So, you know, it's it's a good justification. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll look up uh, the Wikipedia page for this and uh, I'll put that in the episode notes. Yeah. And then we have number three, a piece against which a worker's breast is pressed in operating a tool. We're as... back to the breast drill. Wow. Exactly. I just interrupted you. I'm sorry, but wow. There it is again. Twice in one day, the breast drill. Huh. And I have a good feeling that that is not going to come up anymore today. Might not. <laughs> might not. You never know. What's? The, I wish I knew that word for when you learn something and then you've never thought you never heard of it before and then it comes up again. I need to Google that word. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, of all too well. I don't know the name of it, but yes, I've experienced that so many times. It's like you just learn about a new car type and then you see them all over the place or yeah, a new word. And then you hear that that has actually happened a lot with me in this book. Um, I all of a sudden, you know, see a word that I just learned. There's a name for it. I don't know what it is. But back to breast. We're on breastplate, correct? Yes, we just finished breastplate, and we are moving on to breaststroke. Before we move on, can I just say that I woke up this morning thinking about breastplate and thinking, well, were they ever worn just for fashion rather than for armor? And um, (laughs) I found, and this is, you know, I think this would have been very different if COVID hadn't happened. in Tom Ford, fashion designer Tom Ford's recent January 2020 collection, this is January of, you know, however many months ago that was, nine months ago, he debuted a boob plate shirt that Gwyneth Paltrow modeled on a magazine cover <laughs> and Zoe Kravitz and Zendaya. And they all, and it was like a molded breastplate, but it, it was called a boob plate. If you Google this, Tom Ford 2020 fashion collection, 
They're made in bright colors. And um, I think if COVID hadn't happened, this would have really taken off and I'd probably be wearing one right now. And you probably maybe would too. I don't know, Spencer, but yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'd probably have one on right now. So was this metal or what was it made out of? It looked like some kind of molded plastic. I don't think it was metal. I don't know how it stayed on. Some adhesive. I don't know. For fashion, maybe it's just adhesive. But yeah, just Google it. Or straps in the back. Could be. Could be straps. Yeah. Um, But Tom Ford was trying to make a foray into the boob plate fashion and then COVID came along and And I can't believe that he called it a boob plate. I don't know if he did. That's the thing. (laughs) I don't think, I don't know if he called it that or if the press dubbed it that. So sure. You know how that happens. A breastplate, not for um, any practical purposes other than fashion. Fashion. It's all about fashion. Yeah. All right. We are moving on to breast stroke. One word noun from 1867 a swimming stroke executed in a prone position by coordinating a kick in which the legs are brought forward with the knees together and the feet are turned outward and whipped back with a glide and a backward sweeping movement of the arms. And breast stroker is a noun. Um, I was never really a great swimmer. I could sort of get by, but um, I, I, I had a hard time coordinating all the pieces, the legs, the arms, and then getting your, your mouth out of the water okay. to breathe. I just, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. What about you? Well, I was a swimmer. Just, just recreationally, yeah. I was a regular, just, you know, I competed, I don't know, three years. My sister, however, was a champion swimmer and breaststroke was the bane of her existence. <laughs> she could swim the back, the fly, the free. She would do the individual medley, be leading, leading, leading and all those, you know, in the, in the, that's in, in, in I am the, the order is uh, butterfly back breast free. So it's the third in the lineup and she'd be ahead, be ahead, be ahead, get to breaststroke, fall behind, and then have to come back and the freestyle and the last lap and win. So it was very dramatic always. So yeah, that for my sister, that's a, that's a word that causes dark, dark memories. So that that's sad. Uh, yeah, but I mean, she was still a champion swimmer. So, you know, it all worked out. I mean, you can't be perfect at everything. No, you can't. It's a learning thing. It's something to grow. And, you know, I think she's she's a better person because of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, I just read the description of this and I was mistaking it for, I guess, was the freestyle. Can you can you describe to me uh, better than the book did at which which one is the breaststroke? Well, I was surprised that that definition didn't contain the word frog in it at all it's sort of frog you know how the frog kicks its legs out to this underwater to the side and brings them in yeah it's like that and then your arms are going in front of you underwater and around out and around and back in together that's the breaststroke yeah when i started thinking about it more that was the one that i sort of thought that's the breaststroke. What I was thinking of, I think, was the freestyle, where you bring your arms forward above your head, you know, kind of the standard Freestyle's uh, the stroke. standard. The old-fashioned name for it was the crawl stroke, yeah. Ah, okay. Um, breaststroke, your head is not allowed to go under the water. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, you come up to breathe, and then you kind of dip your head down a little, but the top of your head, I, at least back in the day when I was swimming, if I remember correctly, your head cannot go 
all the way under the water or you will get disqualified. And I guess that makes sense because once you go underwater all the way, you, um, I guess you have probably have less drag or something. You're able to swim further, faster. Uh, so yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, that got to take a lot of control though, to not let your head go all the way under. Uh, I mean, you have your eye line to, you know, your eye. Yeah, that's so true. It's yeah. I don't think it's a lot of control. It's just practice. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Something that I never did. That's okay. So next is breast work, all one word. This is a very short definition. It's a noun from 1642. Um, This is not what I was expecting at all, although I don't know what I was expecting. It just says a temporary... Oh, okay, I read it wrong. A temporary fortification, a a breast work. Uh, This... I, I, I'm still a little confused, I guess. So if, if they're trying to fortify a, a castle or a building of some kind, um, they'll put up something called breastwork that they will then tear down and put something up new later. Does that sound uh, right? I'm baffled. I don't know. Now I, I had not seen that word. I thought I had looked at the whole list and I am just, <laughs> I don't know what to say. You know, well, living in LA, when it said breast work, I immediately thought of plastic surgery. So there you go. That is what that word has now become for sure. Yes. Right. Did you get some breast work? Yeah, I got, you know, no, I didn't, you know, I didn't obviously, <laughs> but yeah. No, but I got some lip work and some eye work. Oh my, just say no. Say no to all of it, you know? Yes, please. Yeah. It makes it harder to swim and do the breast stroke if you've had breast work. I just, that's my theory, I would think, you know? Th- yeah, uh, I think I think some uh, fluid dynamic f- uh, physics person could probably give you the science of why. But yeah, I think that probably. makes a lot of sense. Probably. All right, we are going to move on to the word breath. B r e a t h. This is such an important word, uh, such an important thing in life. Yes. Um, I will. Let's see. I'll I'll go ahead and I'll read all the definitions and everything, and then we can chat about okay. it. Because there's some phrases here at the end too. So, this is a noun from before the 12th century. This is an old one. Wow. 1A, air filled with a fragrance or odor. Huh. 1B, a slight indication. Synonym is suggestion, as in the faintest breath of scandal. Hmm. 2A, the faculty of breathing, as in recovering his breath after the race. Hmm. 2B, an act of breathing, as in fought to the last breath. 2C, opportunity or time to breathe, and a synonym is respite. 3, a slight breeze. 4A, air inhaled and exhaled in breathing, as in bad breath. Oh. 4B, something, as moisture on a cold surface, produced by breath or breathing. 4C, Synonym is inhalation. Five, a spoken sound. Synonym is utterance. Number six, synonyms are spirit and animation. And then here we go with some phrases. Breath of fresh air means a welcome or refreshing change. In one breath or in the same breath mean almost simultaneously. Out of breath means breathing very rapidly as from uh, strenuous exercise. That's an example. Under one's breath is our last phrase, which means so as to be barely audible, as in mumbled something under his breath. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Well, let me say this. Breath is one of those words that every time I write it, I wonder if it has an E in it. Am I the only one who does this? I know that breathe has an E, but whenever I write breath, it looks wrong. And I'm like, wait, does breath have a, like a silent E that doesn't change the other letters? And it's, and then I, I re, it's very challenging for me every single time. So I don't know if I'm the only one who does that, but I want to say that. And then that one definition mentioned inhalation, but not exhalation. So that's very intriguing mm-hmm. because they go hand in hand. So I feel like, you know, when you breathe out, that's like letting out the exasperation or the bad stuff or the frustration. And that one definition just mentioned inhalation. So I just want to give a shout out to exhalation as well. <laughs> Please, you know? yes. Equal opportunity breathing. Yeah, it's a little bit weird that um, they didn't have an example for that one. Because uh, sometimes these definitions can get very specific. Mm. And I think if they had an, uh, an example of why the synonym is just inhalation and not exhalation, then maybe it would make a little bit more sense. Right. Um, but there was the other one that did mention air being inhaled and exhaled. So maybe that's the one that sort of takes care of that. Okay. And then inhalation is, is uh, you know, something similar but different. I don't know. Yeah, that odor thing on the very first, wasn't that the very first definition it mentioned an odor? That was interesting. Uh, yes, air filled with a fragrance or odor. That's a breath. That's intriguing. Yeah. Um, Oh, the etymology real quick. Let's see. This is from Middle English breath with no A. Oh, and I was going to say, you know, I hadn't even thought about it until you mentioned it. But yeah, I thought if I were spelling this, if I were writing this word out, I probably would second guess myself on if there was an E at the end or not. Unless you Um, were saying that. I'm not the only one. Yeah, it looks a little bit weird without it. (laughs) I'm so glad you said that. And then you just mentioned another word that I sometimes have trouble with, and that's etymology, which I'm a person who loves words. I should know that word, but I always second guess and think, is it etymology or is it entomology? But two very different things. Very much. Is uh, entomology, is that like the study of insects? It is indeed. Yeah. So Yeah. yeah, very different. So etymology, no N. Yes. And breath, breath, no E. Breath, no E. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, the rest of the etymology, not entomology, says, uh, so Middle English, breath with no A. From Old English, breath, uh, and that A-E letter we learned is uh, is called ash. Uh, that is akin to the Old High German, bradam, which means breath, and perhaps to the Old English, bjorma, which means yeast of all things. And there's more at the word barm, B-A-R-M. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, I, I always love learning that stuff. Whoa, yeast, huh? Yeah, I guess maybe that's because it's alive and maybe when you make bread, it's it's eating it and the, uh, I don't know enough about making oh. bread, but I think that there's the, they, they breathe out the, what is it, the carbon dioxide or something? Fascinating. So there could be a, a, a connection between the word breath and the word bread. Oh, yeah. Which has yeast. Interesting. Oh, I didn't my, even think about that one. Ooh, my head just exploded. Oh my goodness. Wow. Could be. I'm I might have just made that up. But But it makes sense. Fascinating. Ooh. Wow, I learned a lot today. Me too. All right. Please. We are going to move on to breathable adjective from circa seventeen thirty one. One. Suitable for breathing, as in breathable air. Number two, allowing air to pass through. A synonym is 
porous, as in a breathable synthetic fabric. Mm-hmm. And breathability is a noun. Wow. Well, I, you know, when I hear the word breathable fabric and porous, I think of the face masks we have to wear these days. And I know a lady who has a really cool face mask. Every time I see it, I admire it. But it's made out of like this nylon-y material. And I'm thinking that material does not look very breathable. I don't think that mask, although it looks great, hmm. I don't think it's very user-friendly. So breathable is important. Yeah, there's a fine line between having uh, a mask that looks cool and is semi-functional, but also something that is still very practical. Uh, yeah, yes. we, we bought some that are supposed to be good for working out. But I find that they are actually kind of hard to breathe in. It gets it gets very warm and a little uncomfortable. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's a very weird. It's, uh, you know, when you're buying your, your boob plate shirt and your mask, you want them both to be comfortable. And that's just, I just want to reinforce that for the listeners. Yes. I wonder, um, I think it would be really funny if that breastplate or boob plate was actually surprisingly comfortable. I'm sure it's not. You know, well, I mean, it might be. It's like you said, I don't know how it stays on. Yeah. So if there's a way that it stays on that doesn't involve gluing your skin to it, it you know, it might provide some support and confidence. Um, on the other hand, it could be stifling and be hard to breathe in. And we're on the bees and we just said breath. And, you know, so I, the only way we're going to know, Spencer, is to, to try one. But they look very form-fitted, almost as if they had been made for, custom-made for that person's chest. That makes sense. Uh, I'm imagining this as something that you might see on um, like a superhero's costume. Yes. Uh, Okay. But those are more like latexy, and this is more... This was hard. Like I said, it looked like a a molded plastic kind of a thing. I'm guessing it was made... He molded it off of their breast because they were very form-fitting. But, you know. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about this. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's intriguing. It, I don't know. I, maybe we should call Tom Ford, have him on the dictionary show, have him explain his boob plate. If you can get a hold of him, I, I would do that, yes. Okay, okay. We'll see what I can do. All right, we are going to move on to the word breathalyzer. Capital B-R-E-A-T-H-A-L-Y-Z-E-R. This is a trademark and it is used for a device that is used to determine the alcohol content of a breath sample. Uh, not to get too personal, but have you ever had to take a breathalyzer? I, I, do, I don't think I have now that you asked me that. But wait a minute. You said it was a capital B and it's a trademarked word. So it's like Kleenex and Frisbee. It's- right. Oh, I had no idea. I didn't know it was a capital B. Yeah, I don't think I did either. Um, I actually did use a breathalyzer once. Um, I'll see if I can give the short story of this. I was not drinking. I have to put Mm -hmm. that right up at the front. I was driving. I was not drinking. uh, But I was driving some people who uh, had been drinking. And Mm -hmm. I accidentally, um, I didn't have my lights on. I turned them on too late. Um, and a cop saw that. And of course, it was a Saturday night in a small mm. college town. And a cop saw that and pulled me over. 
and uh, and said, you know, I smell some alcohol, and of course it wasn't me. And they said, would you be willing to take a breathalyzer test? And I said, yes, I absolutely would, because I knew that I had not been drinking. So of course it was fine, and I I went on my merry way. But that was the wow. one time that I ever had to take a breathalyzer. And did they make you also do the uh, touch your nose and count backwards and walk no, on the line? No, I think because I had agreed to the breathalyzer and it came out, you know, negative or zero or whatever, then they're mm-hmm. like, ah, he's fine. Okay. No need to pursue that further. Okay, so the moral of the story is don't drink and drive. Exactly. Please, okay. please and thank you. Do not do that. Yes, yes. Um, all right, well, we are on our last word, um, <gasps> oh but there's a whole bunch of definitions for it. It is the word breathe, B-R-E-A-T-H-E. Uh, that one has an E. This right. is a verb from the 14th century. We are starting with the intransitive definitions. So uh, let's just get into it. 1A, to draw air into and expel it from the lungs. And a synonym, I don't think I'm really familiar with this word. It is respire. R-E-S-P-I-R-E. I'm sure I've heard it, but it's not a word that is used. Respiration? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Um, And then it just says broadly, to take in oxygen and give out carbon dioxide through natural processes, because that is what the body does. 1B, to inhale and exhale freely. Number two, we just have the synonym live, just living, breathing. 3A is obsolete, to emit a fragrance or, now this is interesting, a fragrance or aura a-U-R-A. You know, a lot of people say people, they can see auras around the body. Yes. I don't think that's exactly what they're talking about, but something related, similar. Uh, but of course, this is an obsolete form of this. So, you know, people don't really use it in that way anymore. Uh, then huh. we have 3B, to become perceptible, be expressed, as in a personality that breathes and that distinguishes his work. And that is a quote from Bennett Schiff. S-C-H-I-F-F. Number four, to pause and rest before continuing. Five, to blow softly. Six, to feel free of restraint, as in needs room to breathe. Uh, We all need room to breathe these days. Number seven is talking about wine. To develop flavor and bouquet by exposure to air. are you a, are you a wine drinker by any chance? I drink wine. Yeah, yeah. I I'm, don't really let it breathe. I just open the bottle and drink <laughs> it. Though. I yeah. there. I, and I drink cheap wine. So sure. And I'm at the point in my life as a woman where you know, as a younger woman, I always poo pooed this. But yeah, now I put ice in the white wine. So oh, okay, okay. Yeah. My parents do that. Um, right. Okay. Well, we we bought one of those small uh, cheap. Um, uh, I can't even think of the appropriate name for it right now. Uh, it's the thing you that mean. you, yeah, you pour the wine into it and it, and it pulls the air in, it oxygenates it. Um, like an airy, aerator yes, or yes. something? Yes, it's an okay. aerator. Well, it, it makes this bubbly sound, so we always call it the farter. Um, but um, anyway, so m- my wife drinks red wine on occasion, and every once in a while we'll do a test where we'll pour a little bit uh, pre-farted, as we say, um, yes. you know, before we use the aerator and then we'll pour a little bit afterwards. And it, it really is surprising how much it, it changes. It sort of just oh, rounds it, it out and it softens it. Yeah, oh. it's pretty interesting. Um, and it sort of just, um, 
it's it's quickening the process of making it breathe. I was, yeah. I thought you were going to say the opposite and say, yeah, there's really no difference in, but okay. You know, it depends on your palate. I, I don't have a very uh, good palate with wine, but I can even tell a little bit of a difference. And I think those who are really experienced with wine can probably uh, notice a lot more, but you know, it's all personal preference if you even, which one you, totally. you care. Yeah. Or which one you like. I agree. Yes. All right, we've got some more definitions here. We have 8A, still in the intransitive definitions, to permit passage of air or vapor, as in a fabric that breathes. That's a callback to the word breathable. Um, 8B is of an internal combustion engine, to use air to support combustion. So now we are moving to the transitive definitions. There's, uh, there's less, but there's still a bunch. 1A. To send out by exhaling. 1B, to instill by or as if by breathing, as in breathe new life into the movement. 2. To give rest from exertion to. 3. To take in in breathing. Now, it has the word in there twice, and I'm not sure if that's grammatically correct or if that was a mistake. To take in in breathing, as in breathe the scent of pines. Number 4. To inhale and exhale, as in breathe air. 5A, synonyms are utter, that's U-T-T-E-R, and express, as in don't breathe a word of it to anyone. 5B, to make manifest, and a synonym is evince, E-V-I-N-C-E. I am not familiar with that word, as in the novel breathes despair. Mm. And here we go with a couple phrases. Breathe down one's neck has two definitions. Number one, to threaten, especially in attack or pursuit. Number two, to keep one under close or constant surveillance, as in parents always breathing down his neck. Uh, Breathe easy or breathe easier or breathe easily or breathe freely. Wow, there's four versions of that one. That means to enjoy relief as from pressure or danger. Mm. What do you think about the word breathe? Well, geez, Louise. Um, <laughs> interesting that freely, you know, breathing easily, breathing mm-hmm. freely came up, especially during these times of COVID where, you know, we're kind of, there's a lot of anxiety and stress. I mean, you're still breathing, even if you're breathing in a raggedy manner. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... Uh, but a lot of these definitions incorporate the word freely in there. So I thought that was interesting. And then we're seeing the word fragrance. You, you said that was maybe a, a, a version that's no longer is, is yeah, now it's obsolete. obsolete. Mm-hmm. But that's intriguing. And then the combustion thing. What the heck? That was in an engine? Yeah, like an engine, a combustion engine in a car. I, I don't know about car stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, I guess, you know, they probably use that term uh, when it's bringing in air uh, to to support combustion, as it says. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> Fascinating. That's a, that's a word right there. Many yeah. definitions. And I'm just happy to be breathing, and you know. Me too. So I'm going to quickly read the words once more, um, and then you get to choose a word of the episode. So we had breast drill, breast feed, breast plate, breast stroke, breast work, breath, uh, breathable, 
breathalyzer, and breathe. Which one do you like? I'm going to go with the last one there, Spencer. I'm going to go with breathe. You know what? I'm sorry. I totally interrupted you. No, go on. Were you going to agree? Yes. I I pick that as my word of the episode too because... um, you know, we, we, we all take this for granted. We, we take this, this thing that is happening in our body with our lungs, this breathing in and breathing out, we take it for granted. Um, I remember being in like a seventh or eighth grade science class and it was about, we had to, we had to figure out, you know, which of the body things are, um, you know, automatic, which ones do we not control, like heart beating, but which ones can we control, like moving a, a, your arm or something. And we had a whole discussion about breathing because it's one of those weird ones that it happens on its own, whether you're aware of it or not, but then you also have complete control over taking a big breath and letting it out. And um, so I think that's just interesting in and of itself. But also, um, if you if you are feeling stressed, if you are frustrated in some way, if you just take a moment and take one deep breath or five deep breaths or five minutes, whatever it is, uh, it is. It's surprising how much that'll help. It's very meditative. I don't do it as often as I should. Um, but it's it's really amazing how much just being very conscious of your breath, even just for like three breaths or something, is uh, is really helpful. Um, oh, yes. I'm nodding my head with everything that you're saying there. <laughs> I can and see. And a I huge, a hu- you can see, um, a huge part of... Um, voice training for actors is paying attention to when you're holding your breath. And if you do that, if you just spend a day, when am I doing that? You know what I mean? It's fascinating to realize how often we, you know, when you're working out and you're doing something hard and you're holding your breath and it, you know, it's uh, just breathe. That's my advice to everybody. Breathe. Yeah. This is one of my favorite words, I think, probably in this whole whole book. Um, wow. And uh, so, uh, Carrie, what what do you have to plug? We've already mentioned your your podcast in another room. Um, yes. Where can people find you on social? What have you got? They can find me on the YouTube. I have a channel called Random and Confusing, and there's a um, there's a web series on there called Catspiration. Um, I have another web series that is on just a generic YouTube channel that isn't specially named. That's called lunch break, star Wars. <laughs> I'm on IMDB. My last name is spelled W I E D E R I before E and Carrie is K E R R Y. Um, I have an Instagram, but I don't use it these days. I have, I'm on Twitter a lot. So yeah, hit me up, find me, let's connect and talk about words we love. And hire her for your next project if you uh, if you have something. Oh yeah, I'm. I'll sing. I'll act. I'll direct. I'll do whatever you want. She'll yeah. write you a jingle. I'll write you a jingle. I'll write you a whole song. You know, um, I got time on my hands. <laughs> Sadly. Uh, somehow I'm more busy. I think with three podcasts, that's that takes up. Well, that's like a whole part time job right there, in addition to my full time job. Wow, geez, Louise will. More power to you. Keep breathing there, Spencer. It's Keep fun. breathing. <laughs> yes. I And I do find that I often hold my breath and I'm like, what are, you, what are you doing? Just breathe. Just breathe. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to end this episode there and then we are going to record a Patreon exclusive. So if you want to go here, hear us talk about a word, we'll probably do at least one more in the future as well um, because That's Carrie, cool. uh, she's got some words that she likes and we're going to talk about them. Uh, I love so words. She loves words. So, uh, 
thank you very much for listening. And until next time, this is Spencer and Carrie talking about words in the dictionary. Goodbye.